Welcome to the Jesus 360 Podcast, a devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel and myself, Blair Phillips, will be co-hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the one who is the source of gold refined with fire. So we are in Revelation chapter 3, verse 18. So I'm going to begin by reading verse 17, and then into 18 to give some context to our listeners. So verse 17 of Revelation chapter 3, New King James Version, Because you say, I am rich, have and have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and that you anoint your eyes with eyesalve that you may see. And so, Brother Daniel, as we dive into this verse of Revelation chapter 3, verse 18, into the description of Jesus as the one who is the source of gold refined with fire, we see him offering this gold and offering himself as the source of this gold to those who have a false ideology of their wealth. And so just share with us some more aspects of this. Yes, indeed, uh, throughout human history, we understand that gold has been a symbol of wealth. Gold has been a symbol of beauty and gold has been a symbol of purity. And gold was mentioned in the Bible as early as uh, the time in the book of Genesis in the region of Havilah. And we also uh, uh, found records of uh, gold being discovered in the river of Pishon. So in other words, uh, human beings understood the value of gold from the very early days. And the, the problem with the church of Laodicea is that they see the gold that they have around them and begin to come to a conclusion that because they have this gold around them, they have sufficiency of wealth and resource, they are now uh, self-sufficient. They don't need to depend on the Lord. We know that uh, uh, the Lord rebuked them because the Lord's, the Lord's presence seems to be locked outside the door and Jesus have to stand outside the door and knock. That means that in their life, there are very little dependency on Jesus and uh, in, in the way that uh, they, they, they dwell uh, with the Lord. And in John chapter 14 and 15, the Lord so clearly exhort the believer to say that if you love me, you will keep my commandment. My Father and I will come and dwell with you. And so you have the, the contrast with the picture in Revelation 3 where Jesus could not enter and he's standing outside the door and knock. And he's not dwelling inside with us. So the Church of Laodicea has a problem of, of the dependency and relying on the presence of God. And they also have an issue where they are, they are known to be they are, uh, neither cold nor hot. In other words, they, they feel they're okay. They feel they're okay in their wealth. They feel they're okay in their spiritual state. They feel they're okay in terms of their life vision and perspective. Afterwards, we'll examine about how the Lord will anoint their eyes so that they can see. And so in this particular situation, it's very important for us to pay attention to the fact that when the Lord began to bless us, 
in terms of monetary wealth or material possession, we must not lose our dependency on Him. We must not replace our dependency on Jesus, our leaning on Jesus, with the accumulation of earthly possession and wealth. Yes, it is. if the Lord uh, blesses us, we will have increase. But how we steward the increase uh, is critical. We have to look at stewarding uh, the increase in a twofold manner. One is the external stewardship of the actual increase and how it can be used to bless others and, and to, to be the resource for the kingdom of God. Second is the stewardship of our heart and our inner man, our mind, our attitude of how uh, detached or attached we are to the increase. You know, most people, when they, we started uh, in our youth with little resources, there is strong passion, there's strong dependency on Jesus. Similarly, with nations that were poor, they begin to depend on the Lord in prayer, in fasting, in crying out with great desperation. But as the Lord begins to answer those prayers and the increase begins to come, we see that the spirit of prayer begins to wane. The spirit of prayer begins to diminish and decline because now we don't need to cry out for everything. We have some technology, we have some wealth, we have some ability or even influence to be able to mobilize others to help us. So sometimes we have a negative coloration between increase and intimacy with Jesus, but it doesn't have to be so. In fact, the, the warning in the church of Laodicea should remind us it doesn't have to be so. Increase embolden us to trust the Lord more, and when it, more increase come, if they, they come because the Lord bless it, then we should live in the lifestyle extravagant stewardship and giving in such a way that our hearts is not de- attached to the increase to the point that we lose our dependency on the Lord. So in this particular case, we see that the church in Laodicea has begun to focus on the goal instead on the source of the true wealth that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 16 does not hesitate to talk about how natural wealth is the doorway to something far more precious than true spiritual wealth. And he said that if you store your treasure in heaven, then it will not be stolen or or, or rusted away uh, because of corrosion or many other factors that will affect the value of the wealth. So when Jesus comes to the the people in the church of Laodicea and say, Hey, you want true riches? I'm the source. Come and buy from me the true gold, the really refined one, the pure one. The one that you have is going to fade away. It's not pure. It's going to defile you. Even though the increase may come from me, but don't let the blessing of God rob you from the presence of God. So Blair, as a young person, you have so much ahead of you and the Lord might bless you and increase your wealth and your influence. I think this lesson from the Church of Laodicea is so relevant to any young leaders and emerging leaders in the body of Christ and in our society. Very much so, Brother Daniel. And it's actually been something that's been on my heart for the last couple of months, you know, 
I'm a newly married man and just crossed the three-year anniversary. And, and though uh, the first few years were very tough for my wife and I and the missionary lifestyle, uh, in, 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 things have gotten a little bit better. And though in far comparison to most in the world... You mean the Lord has provided. The Lord job. has provided yes. constantly. We've always had uh, covering overhead and food on the plate. And uh, but we've been in a season of blessing, and it's actually been one of my heart cries. Of, of I lived for many many years in a season of lack or of constant leaning on the Lord, in which He always provided. I've haven't been in long seasons of blessing, and I've actually had much fear of the Lord in my heart that in prayer that my heart might be faithful in this same area. And uh, Matthew six specifically speaks in almost in three different areas to this time frame. You've referenced it a little bit around the Matthew nineteen through twenty one that storing up treasures in heaven instead of on the earth, because where your treasure is, there your heart is. And then that, of course the famous one that you can't serve God and Mammon at the same time. And and also verse thirty three of Matthew six that or to really, truly seek first the kingdom of heaven. Um, and so all of these scriptures, I think, are very pertinent. And, uh, and there's also very uh, several other verses I know that Paul speaks of. But I think this is a huge thing for our generation, even in, as the global economy grows, as our generation has experienced great wealth beyond what most generations have in a vast, broad way, um, is that we are to truly keep our hearts faithful and steadfast and uh, hot and fiery before the Lord. And it's a huge area to contend in prayer. Wonderful. So Blair, how do you, as you begin to walk into some season when the Lord answers your prayer and begin to provide for you, provide for your family, do you find that uh, your heart is overflowing with thanksgiving? Does that actually enhance your prayer or cause you to pray less? It does uh, bring my heart into thanksgiving, but I think it brings my heart into thanksgiving because my wife and I developed a pattern of thanksgiving when we did not have the the uh, blessing to the measure that we do now. As far as uh, I want to have a thankfulness in my heart for every single meal, whether I know where the next one is coming from or whether I do. And um, and so it is a journey that to, to steward that thankfulness continually and not grow complacent in it. But um, the patterns of the last season I'm finding are, are sufficient for this season also, but I have to continue to sharpen them. But yes, I do find myself in thanksgiving. Yes, so um, now that you uh, are, are provided for, I wouldn't say that you're all sufficient, Correct. but do you find that, 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 that pressing in or being intimate with the Lord is still a dynamic that's very strong in your life? And do you see a risk of you losing that? The dynamic is still strong, but I do, I do find that I have to um, pursue a different avenue because I used to be driven to that place out of need, and now I have to develop a discipline of driving myself out of there to there out of self-realized need, even if I don't have a very present need as far as my physical. I have to have a hum- uh, realization in my heart that I need not need that, not just a physical realization that I need a supply. So um, going to the Lord based on need is a very natural thing. The Lord say, ask and it shall be given. 
knock and it shall be opened, seek you shall find. So it's biblical, but it, it can only sustain us to a certain extent because when needs are fulfilled, then there's lack of motivation to go to the Lord. We should go to the Lord because of who He is, because of His beauty. At the same time, we should also uh, be a channel of blessing to others, to stand in the place of intercession. When the Lord began to provide gold refined with fire from Him, then we know that we are standing on solid ground of the purity of the works of God. Then our intercession is not so much for ourselves and our own need, but there are many people that need contending that we're standing on behalf of other people. When God began to bring stability to your immediate sphere of life, the spare bandwidth of your prayer can be deployed to pray for so many, so many things. So, so, so are those extra resources could be given away to sow into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is saying to the church of Lodisha, you not only that you have a, a well-perception problem, you have, a un, you have a problem with the understanding, and we're going to go to that the next time when they talk about their eyes mm-hmm. being blinded uh, with these eyes South that they need to heal their eyes because they have a perception problem that lead to long, wrong understanding. So because Jesus is the one that, that that's giving us the gold refined with fire, that I'm the, I'm the beneficiary. I am the blessed one who have the privilege to receive gold refined with fire from the Lord. And because of that, I will not settle down for any uh sort of gold that is not pure from the Lord and gold could literally means that the provision that come from God in the literal way or it could be spiritual works that is you know in Malachi chapter 3 verse 3 he said that refiner's fire and he purified the sons and daughters of Levi with uh, with great with great intense fire and first Corinthians 3 talks about the works being been tested with fire and those pure works that are made of gold or silver they will not only pass the test but actually their gold their work will be refined so I would like to uh, pray that uh, not only our listener will will engage with us in this uh, particular subject, but my own personal life, that I will not settle down for just good golden stuff. I would like to go for the fullness of the gold refined with fire that comes only from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Lord Jesus, we pray for our audience today because Lord, you are the one who satisfies our soul. You satisfy our soul in so many different ways. And giving us the gold refined with fire is just one of them. But that's a very important part of the way you relate to us because there are gold that we're holding on to that's not refined with fire. We think they are gold, but they're actually not that valuable. We should let them go. So that our hands are ready to receive the gold that has been refined with fire, the one that's tested, the 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 source of provision that come from you that's pure, and also the works of God that we labor, co-labor with you, that is pure. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you will deliver us from complacency, you will deliver us from self-sufficiency, you will deliver us, O oh God, from a wrong perspective of comparing one to the other and how, about how well we are doing instead of fixing our gaze on you, O oh Lord. We only want to fix our gaze on you. And hear this, well done, good and faithful servant. And we know that every time you ask us to do something, you will always give us the timely resource and the wisdom to carry it out. So here we are, Lord. 
Help us to be those that carry gold refined with fire and be a blessing to the multitude around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast. And we invite you to join us next time as we continue on through the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us in the book of Revelation. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul with your love. You satisfy